This is Science Friday. I'm Ira Plato. And now it's time to check in on the state of science. This is KERA News, St. Louis Public Radio, Iowa Public Radio News. Local science stories of national significance. You may have seen pictures of what's happening in the Bay Area around San Francisco. Thousands of dead fish, dead fish are washing ashore. What in the world is happening? Joining me now to explain this fish tale is my guest, Leslie McClurg, health correspondent for KQED Public Radio in San Francisco. Welcome to Science Friday. Thanks for having me. You're, you're welcome. Okay, so when did people start to notice this die-off? So about a month ago, I would say people started to notice that the water started to turn red. And then as the weeks progressed forward, it started to go from red to brown. And then I was actually out there about a week and a half ago, and it was this kind of chocolatey syrup color. I mean, not the entire bay, but Ugh. pockets of the bay. And it was kind of lapping up on my on my paddleboard. And so it's over the weeks, over the last few weeks, gotten worse and worse until it's a pretty murky, dense color in, in many areas of the bay. Is it? it well, that, that's what I was going to ask. Is it the whole bay or just in some parts of the bay? I mean, it's just in some parts of the bay, but it is proliferated out into all parts of the bay. So even though it's not chocolatey brown in every part of the bay, there is chocolatey brown areas, you know, as far from San Jose to Vallejo to out to the Golden Gate Bridge. So all across the bay and then even into estuaries that, you know, the bay is connected to. So for example, there's a really bad red tide or this algal bloom in Lake Merritt, which is in downtown Oakland, because that lake is connected to the bay. So let's get into why this is happening. What are the scientists saying? So there's probably a couple of factors at play here. They don't know exactly why, but probably climate change is a factor here because we had one of the driest, warmest winters on record. So it didn't rain at all, or almost not at all, January, February, March, which is really unusual. So that means those were hot, sunny days, which warmed up the water this time of year, and there was no freshwater runoff during that time of year. So that's a factor. We've got warmer water. But the primary reason this has probably been ha- is happening, and scientists have been warning about this potential for, for years that we are kind of primed for a red tide, is the fact that there are 40 wastewater treatment plants that discharge into the bay. And those wastewater treatment plants clean the sewage. They remove the bacteria and the solids, but they do not filter out the nutrients So you've got a lot of nitrogen and phosphorus that is being discharged into the bay, and algae love to eat that. And so it's just kind of this, yeah, exactly. It's like a a perfect cocktail. Absolutely. Has something like this happened before in the bay? Not to this level. So it's really common to have small algal blooms along the shoreline or around marinas, but we've never seen something that's lasted this long or is as widespread as what we're seeing right now. No kidding. So what fish are affected? Is it everything? It's really, really sad. I mean, everything from anchovies, you know, worms, clams, mussels, but all the way up into the food chain into, you know, bat rays, sharks. And we're even seeing six foot long white sturgeon and even green sturgeon, which are federally protected. And it's just tragic to see these giant fish, you know, washing up on the shore. It's it's a really, really kind of emotional experience to watch this yeah. to watch this much marine life die. That is really sad. I know that uh, you went out to Lake Merritt. You mentioned Lake Merritt to check it out. I did. And I talked to a woman there um, who I think kind of captured the sentiment of what I was experiencing. I, I walked up to the shoreline and it was just gut-wrenching. And I talked to this woman named Laura Bagley. She's a volunteer there. And, and this is what she said. I just started sobbing when I realized the enormity of it, 
that they're literally dying like at our feet. I feel like an emotional wreck. Yeah. So, you know, her emotional experience was what a lot of people who were standing along the shoreline were experiencing. They were either plugging their nose and sort of disgusted by the whole situation or just extremely saddened by the fact that you know, it looked like leaves kind of floating on the surface of the lake, but it was actually just massive numbers of fish floating along the lake. And just on one day alone, they shoveled 1,200 pounds of fish out of the lake, and thousands and thousands of pounds, uh, you know, are, of fish are dead. And, and the, the thing that scientists keep pointing out to me is that that's just on the surface. Most fish have have drowned. And so the, the bottom of the lakes and the bottom of the bay, they fear, are just, you know, feet and wow. feet and feet of dead fish. This is this is like a horror movie, you know? The it is. Of it's kind of like apocalypse, apocalyptic. It's, it's horrendous. Yeah. Well, but is it is it dangerous for people or other animals? It's not dangerous, dangerous for people, but they are warning folks to stay out of the water because you it can irritate your skin. It can irritate your eyes. You can kind of have an allergic reaction to the water. We don't actually know if it's going to move its way through the food chain. You know, say, is it going to affect birds? Is it going to affect larger marine life like seals? We don't actually know because this kind of algae is not super well studied and especially at the levels that we're seeing it at. So there's a bit of an unknown yeah. here that we're you know, going to grapple yeah. with going forward. Speaking of the unknown, do we know the sequence of how this plays out? Any idea what's going to happen next? It's a great question. I think we all hope that this is a wake-up call that we do something about the issue. I talked to Sejal Choksi Chu. She's the executive director for the environmental group San Francisco Baykeeper. And she pointed out that the issue really here is that we've got to get filtration systems on all of these plants. And what we really need to be doing is investing in our infrastructure so that we can upgrade those plants. San Francisco has some of the worst water recycling programs of anywhere in California. I mean, the problem is that that's going to take a lot of time and money, and it's not an immediate solution. But if they can upgrade these plants and filtrate out those nutrients, then we at least have a lever that we can control so that we potentially going forward won't have an issue like this again. But it's going to take millions of dollars, and you know, lots of stakeholders have to be on board to make that happen. Well, you know what it might take? It might take uh, this being the new normal where you see it happening more and more over the years as climate change progresses. That's that's something we probably can expect, right? It, unfortunately, yeah. They say warmer water, we could see these you know, more frequently going forward. And so unfortunately, these are the kind of wake-up calls that are, that are going to hopefully motivate us towards action. So we'll, we'll see. Have people gone out just to look at the, at the, the, the huge amount of dying fish? There was a huge group of people when I went to look at Lake Merritt the other day, just standing there taking photos. And it's been quite the viral social media picture explosion because it's it's so horrific. Wow. Thank you, Leslie. You know, in all my trips to San Francisco, I never would imagine seeing something like this. Thank you for telling us about it. Thank you for having me. Leslie McClurg is health correspondent for KQED Public Radio in San Francisco.